Hi, everyone, and welcome to First State Insights, a podcast presented by the University of Delaware's Institute for Public Administration. That's IPA for short. My name is Troy Mix. I'm Associate Director at IPA and your host for this episode. I'm joined today by Dr. Jalal Hayes. He's the founder and CEO of Elite Energy, a Delaware-based startup company focused on delivering hydrogen energy and storage as an economical and green alternative to current standards. This episode is presented as part of the Delaware Founders Stories series, a collection of conversations with underestimated entrepreneurs focused on documenting entrepreneurial journeys, recounting successes and failures, and reflecting on lessons learned from moving beyond the obstacles along the way. This is the second episode ever recorded with Dr. Hayes. In the first episode from October 2020, Jalal and I spoke about his early entrepreneurial journey. We spoke again on February 22, 2022, and this episode covers his efforts since late 2020 to build Elite Energy and continue to grow and develop as an entrepreneur and innovator. Let's get to the conversation. Welcome, Jalal. Thanks for joining me today. Good to be here. Thank you so much for having me once again. So we talked last October 2020. I guess I kind of would want to start like with what's changed with you and with your business opportunities that are ongoing. So when we last talked, I think I was midway in the University of Delaware I-Corp program, which now, as you probably see, evolved into the Northeast I-Corp hub. So I was part of that program. And then in the midst of that, I founded the idea of my patent at the time to now evolving into a company of elite energy in November, 2020. And then from there, I entered various incubators from that point. Two inaugural cohorts. One of them is from the DuPont Experimental Center, uh, which is the Delaware Innovation Space. During that time, I was fortunate enough, our company won about $5,000 for best science startup. And then after we finished that, we transitioned over to dealing with the Princeton competition. Then from there, we transitioned over to protect the market over at DESCA, Delaware Sustainability Chemistry Alliance. We applied for the EDGE grant, became a finalist. And then from that, we won about $100,000. So within a year's time, we raised about $105,000 for our startup. And now we're in a phase of looking at locations to really expand and really get things going to develop our working prototype based off the patent technology. So we've been working on the, the, the prototype on a computational standpoint, but now we want to get into the wet lab zone, start really developing, getting our hands dirty, developing the prototype. And I read a little bit about your focus. I mean, you kind of had this technological concept and now you've got a, a market niche you're focusing on. Is that yeah. right? Yeah. So from what you probably read, it changed. We focused on the RV market or the outdoor market. But then we say, let's back up a little bit. Let's see what's even more niche in terms of the less or no barrier entry for that. So now we're focusing on the remote events, remote events, meaning outdoor event, outdoor festivals, small festivals, things of that nature. And then we're going to work our way to something more industrialized, which is the RV market. Our goal is to throughout iterations and also iterations of the market, have our technology in an RV, which is sustainable and it helps the environment in real time. So that's that's our goal. And you mentioned, you know, fundraising through the various competitions and the incubator spaces that you've been you know, affiliated with. 
which I'm sure the money helps to, yes. to put good work to this. What in terms of the programming did you gain from those various, uh, I mean, you had to prepare applications and then yes. in some cases you were part of an incubator where you got programming. What has been kind of most valuable out of that process? Well, I would take you through the whole experience. So the application part you mentioned, we had to go through many uh, applications and we still we still in that space because, again, I'm learning the business side as well as I have the scientific knowledge, but also want to learn the business knowledge. That's where the incubator was introduced. And we were fortunate enough, Science Inc., which is the accelerator for uh, Delaware Innovation Space, they just were launching and I got connected with the president and CEO of that. And he said, hey, we got this new thing we'll launch. I think you should be interested in it if you would turn it into a company. Because at first it was just an idea, but I was saying, okay, how can we turn this into a company or spin it out? We did that. We got into the innovation space literally, I think a year ago, because we was the first cohort, February, I can't do the exact date, but it was Mm -hmm. mid-February. Literally, wow. Yeah, literally a year ago. Our experience, it was cutthroat, which I love. Because they went straight to okay, pitch. And I didn't I learned how to find our value proposition and what would be our customer base, which is from the iCorp standpoint, but actually how to pitch it into five to seven minutes or longer. That was something that we really had to tailor it. So let me break it down in terms of the incubator for those who are trying to figure it out. So you do get a curriculum. It's very fast paced because it's an accelerator. So each week you're learning something and you got to apply it in real time and you get homework along the way. So the first week, it might be introductory, but then you get homework and you have to meet with your mentor for a certain amount of hours to get the homework done. And if you don't get it done, there's a likely chance you're going to get kicked out. Right. So it was very fast paced. And also it was highly educational because our mentors there were entrepreneurs been in the field, uh, Wharton-based trainers. So they were very high quality people and they really want us to see us win. So they really got not each and every one of our companies. They really dug their teeth in with the innovation space. So that's what I felt. I was like, dang, they really care. They, they want to actually see us win in the Delaware entrepreneurial ecosystem. But also we had people outside, but specifically for Delaware, they really want us to win, which that prepared me, those homework assignments and their curriculum with the, we had live sessions and we had also asynchronous sessions and we had just sessions, we, they just did coaching. So it was very just innovative from my standpoint. It wasn't like the traditional class. It was, no, it's a lot of Q&A. You can ask questions along the way. Um, they encourage you to ask questions. So that was helpful, which from my experience, when I got into Startup 302, or applied for Startup 302, which was, I think that was the inaugural one, because it was NeoFest, I think, at first. And then switched to Startup 302. That was going to be a big thing for underrepresented groups. But I became part of that. And because they drilled us in pitching so much, when I got to the competition, I felt well prepared, which as a result, that allowed me to win um, my first seed money. So I really enjoyed that experience. Like, wow, we're really learning something. And also the coaches and the mentors that actually cared for my business, uh, specifically Elite Energy. And we carried it on and on until the last part for those who are interested in incubators and accelerators. 
is demo day. Now, demo day is a day where you give your pitch to not just it's like graduation or think about it as you're doing your final presentation in college. Right. So you got to give a minimum seven minute pitch five, or five minute pitch set two minutes for question and answer or a total seven minutes, depending on how it's structured, structure for different ones. And when I gave my pitch for about, I think, five minutes, close to six, you then get asked questions and drilled on your business model. What value add to the market? Do you think it's plausible to start selling this year, next year? Is this really a value proposition? They really ask questions that dwell into your business. Now, the audience you're presenting to is not just your mentors at this point. This is the people that they're invite in the Delaware ecosystem or the ecosystem within your industry, which I was asked questions from a former, I think it was a former secretary of the United States Department of Energy. So it was very, very diverse to talk to these people and engage with what their thinking is. So that's that's been my whole incubator experience from innovation space. Now, I'm summing up for the tech market that helped me understand my market, which I told you is mainly going to be remote events because it was all about knowing and understanding your market. So we learned about market mapping from market mapping. We could dwell on the customers we want to focus. If we touch in multiple markets, which markets you want to focus on? And that is usually the one that's lower barrier entry based off of your team or connections or your understanding of that space. And then you get to pick and choose what market you want to touch in later once you've dominated that specific market and move on from there. And we got to customer segments. Then we get to now you can do the pitch. So my journey's been just gaining information and try to apply it along the way. But the most valuable information I got so far was, of course, the innovation space, but also this latest one, which was market, because it seemed like it was a prequel to the I-Corp, NSF I-Corp. And talking last in October 2020, I mean, a lot's changed, I imagine, in the marketplace in terms of, I think you were speculating in our last conversation that political tides could turn a little bit in terms of alternative energies, attractiveness. Now we have an infrastructure bill that's become law. I mean, what do you look at in terms of big shifts in the marketplace in the last 16 months or so and how what that means for you moving forward? Absolutely. So since we last talked, everything was speculation. So now the bill is into law. I'm seeing my industry is coming back into play. And it's part of the big bill. I think out of that bill, it's been about $9 billion for hydrogen. So now they're looking for the experts to establish these particular frontiers in the hydrogen space, right? So for my particular industry, it's going to grow. I believe it's going to grow specifically because now they're serious and it's already low. And we're going to be able to connect globally because now we realize it's a global problem. The president we have in there is important. He backed it with the biggest bill ever in history. I can imagine, not imagine, I'm already seeing it happen where companies coming into Delaware developing a hydrogen fueling station. So now I'm getting excited because it's like, okay, now we're seeing it nationally stated, but in our particular state, they really are serious about putting these infrastructures in place. With the infrastructure coming in, it helps us accelerate our process much more. So 
it's an exciting time. I feel like I'm back in 2011 when I started working on this, but it's now serious because it's not just a, just an app is really, or something that's just placed into power just for a certain amount of time. It's a lot of money coming in. So it looks like it's here to stay. And from your perspective, and this might, I'm sure this is an oversimplification, but you know, how much of this, when you look at alternative energy and renewable energy, is kind of a winner take all in terms of solar is going to be the choice or hydrogen alone versus how much is, are there kind of parallel tracks that all need to happen? What's kind of your view on it? Well, I look at it, it's not going to be parallel. I think it's going to be perpendicular. It's going to have to cross in some way. Solar definitely is going to uh, take on, wind is definitely going to take on, but the energy storage is where it's at. Because mm-hmm. think about it, the sun not going to shine every day. The wind is not going to blow every day. So that particular uh, battery or hydrogen storage piece is definitely going to be key. And that's where our focus is at as a company, where we focus on energy storage for later use. Production is good, but what happens if it doesn't produce on a specific day? Do we have anything back up? And from there, it's going to require even a revolution of the power grid over time. And I think that's why a lot of money has been pushed because we can have solar wind and all of these in terms of the current infrastructure or easing in. But think about it, since they laid down the last power supply, has it how has it been revolutionized for now these energy type of systems or these energy production? So I think that it's going to be more of a, I'm going to use lack of a better hashtag, plug plower, I should say, and not or. So it's going to be, we have to work together to make sure that we provide um, necessary power, clean power, as well as with the clean power reach carbon neutral, but we all have to work together to make that happen. And so the production is good with the solar, but the storage piece is going to be relying on the battery technology or the hydrogen technology for later use. Another thing that kind of was in parallel to and interacting with the pandemic was greater recognition of the need to address things like diversity, equity, and inclusion yeah. uh, across the board, but in the startup space. And I know you mentioned NeoFest to Startup 302 and the real focus on underrepresented entrepreneurs. And I wonder if you could just kind of assess from your vantage point, have we made progress there in Delaware, not saying we're where we want to be? And does it, in your mind, are we doing things that have staying power? Yeah. So with Delaware, I think recently in Delaware Business Times, I wrote an article on y'all one of the top states to do diversity, equity, inclusion in regards to investing in your founders. So Delaware definitely is doing his job. And I know that for a fact, I felt that y'all really were um, investing in us, uh, me being a black male and also black female led companies. And even saw that with the edge grant, you saw the diversity there where it was myself. It was another person there, V black woman led startup. Also another guy that did with the magnets. I can't remember his company name, but he was underrepresented group. So it was a lot of what it showed that y'all really um, not just took us under the wing, but y'all also invested in us. And even in our innovation space, diversity was there. Our teachers were diverse as well as respecting and encouraged the diversity piece. And then when I did, if you go to another state, New Jersey, Princeton, where I pitched and then Power Conference, which was diversity, equity, inclusion, focusing on underrepresented groups or BIPOC, Black, Indigenous, People of Color, that was a conference specifically 
And a pitch competition is specifically focused on those groups. So Delaware, I give a certified yes, because I experienced it, especially in the ecosystem, as y'all launched the 20, I won't say launched 2020, but I saw it growing since 2020 and in also other states. I think there needs to be more. The only thing I would say, um, not specifically for Delaware, but just for other states, just a little more encouragement to get people in the space and just make sure that they know that the resources are there. That's what I mean by encouragement. So there may be a lot of people in this particular space. I'm talking about startup space that may think there's no opportunities and there actually are opportunities. And I'm here to say specifically for Delaware, they really invest and make sure you get the resources you need. Um, I talk to many agencies. Like I said, I went through the incubators. I went through at least one, two, three, three agencies at Delaware. Desca, the Delaware Innovation Space, and as well as uh, UDI Court, which is now Northeast um, I Court, which they were part of the Princeton Empowerment Conference. So I say all that to say there is an investment. I think we can work on it, be better, just let people know, hey, these things are available. But I know for a fact, University of Delaware and as well as the state have shown that they really want the diversity to be there. And if I may comment on you, I mean, you've always been in this pipeline, a high achiever, earning (laughs) your degree early, all of those kinds of things. But what I'm hearing is that you know, not everybody knows the pipeline even exists and there yeah. there might need to be a little more emphasis on that across the board, not just in Delaware. I know last time we talked a lot about your personal journey and, you know, things you've, you've learned along the way and things you still needed to learn. And I wonder if we could kind of wrap up today talking a little bit about maybe how you grew as an entrepreneur over the last 16, 18 months and where you, what areas you kind of want to grow more moving forward the next few years? Sure. So since we talked, I grew a lot in regards to business knowledge, understanding value proposition, customer segments, um, how to how much it costs to cash a customer, what's the long-time value, keeping that customer. So I learned a lot of business one-on-one. What I want to learn more is now I'm at the stage of building a team. Well, I built the team and got a team of five people. But how do you personally, for me, do I want to manage the day to day? I'm doing a lot of reflection now. Do I want to manage the day to day in regards to when we get this thing running? I know I have to do it, especially for our prototyping phase. But what is my exit strategy? So learning what will my exit strategy will look like as an entrepreneur. And I was asked one of my mentors, is it too soon to think about that? He said, it's never too soon. You, you want to think about just in case you get acquired, do you want to stay with the company or do you want to build it up to IPO? And those things that you have to think about along your journey, because when you pitch, they may like the business idea, but they're going to ask, what is your exit strategy? Are you going to stay if you get acquired or you want to build it up to IPO? And that's the questions I'm asking now as uh, we're building the company out through hiring people and as well as prototyping. What will my role be based off of my um, current life? Because I'm about to be 30 this year and I might build this company till who knows, probably 45 or 50. But where will I will serve? So it's more like a life reflection as well as where we'll be at with the company and just continue to just 
grow in that space on the business side. Now, I always want to do the science stuff. That's part of who I am as a chemist and just innovator. But for the business side, where do I want to be positioned to continue to do that? Because I don't want to be in a position where as a CEO, where it's all business, but I'm just pushing papers or just going to meetings and I don't have a passion, which will start killing the company. At this point, it's bigger than me, bigger than my team is about how we impact the community at large and what my role will be to make sure we continue to grow. So that's where I'm at. I learned all the business one-on-one and stuff and investments and, okay, the valuations. I learned all of that. And I'm like, wow, got that information and continue to go and get that information. But what's next after the business? And it's probably too soon or not too soon, depending on who you ask. But for me, it's in hindsight, 10 years from now, when I'm 40 or 20 years from now, I'll be 50. Where will I be at? Will I still do this particular company? Will I not do this particular company? So I'm in that space now. Well, hearing, you know, happy birthday coming up, hearing that it gives me a hope that we'll have a lot of opportunities to talk and hear oh, how yeah. your, your evolution's going in terms of thinking about where you are personally and strategy for this company and maybe the next companies to come. But I really want to uh, thank you, Jalal, for taking time today to, to update us on your journey. Thank you so much. And uh, just stay tuned for more updates from our company. We still, like I said, we just raised 105000 since we talked. So maybe more in the future, who knows. But just stay up to date and I hopefully we'll talk more um, as the journey progresses. Thanks so much, Paul. Thank you. To track the progress of Dr. Hayes and the Elite Energy team, browse to EliteEnergy.com. That's E-L-Y-T-E. E-N-E-R-G-Y dot com. For more on the Institute for Public Administration, visit ipa.udel.edu. Thanks for listening today. Subscribe to First State Insights and tune in again soon. Take care.